TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 584, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. And this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. All right, Tom, do you have any news other than I, there is no news because <laughs> nobody's working because we're all on strike? Whoa! Oh, no. there, is, there is news. However, this is probably going to be the last bunch of lots of news because, you know, strike. Okay. Um, BBC, Morphid Clark, who plays Gladrio in Rings of Power, is going to star in the Agatha Christie adaptation Murder is Easy, which is a co-production with BritBox. CW has pushed All-American to mid-season. Gee, I wonder why. They've also demoted two All-American homecoming leads to recurring for season three. Fox has announced it's going to fill its fall schedule with adult animation and unscripted series. They also want to push the Emmys to January. The Television Academy was lobbying for November, but that was before the strike was declared. Uh, HBO announced Black Lady Sketch Show will not be returning for season five. Uh, Nathan Lane will not be back for Only Murders in the Building Season 3 because of his Broadway schedule. Uh, Max has announced that Renee Rapp is leaving the sex lives of college girls this season, this upcoming season, Season 3. Uh, Netflix has announced sex education will end with Season 4. And they just did a big deal with Warner Brothers Discovery for some HBO originals to stream on Netflix. The first is Insecure and other... HBO originals to follow will include True Blood and Six Feet Under. Tom Brittany is leaving Grant Chester in season nine. Uh, season eight is, uh, I believe, airing now. The English actor Rishi Nair has been hired as uh, Brittany's character's successor as the new victor- vicar. Uh, Warwick Davis has a cartoon coming to, oh, sorry, animated series coming to Peacock <laughs> called Molly. And I don't know about y'all, but some of those Emmy nominations were great, and some of them were seriously. Yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi got oh my God. five Emmy nominations, and they, because of that, A Small Light, which is an amazing miniseries about uh, Meet Geese and her husband who hid uh, Otto Frank and the family, they got one for music in That's the same it? category for limited wow. series. Whereas Obi Wan, it's like. Come on, really, really? I mean, thankfully, Andor got uh, uh, Andor got a bunch. I think it got eight, including um, writing for episode one ten, one way out, mm. uh, which is the one with the great speech by Stellan Skarsgård. But uh, Andy Serkis didn't get nominated for. It's it's weird. It's like the only genre stuff we can nominate is Star Wars, and then. Um, Oh, the HBO stuff. Um, uh, Last of Us. Last of Us. The Last of Us got a well, lot of nominations. Last of Us yeah. and House of House of the Dragon. Last of Us got a whole bunch, including for both leads and the guest stars. A lot of guest a lot. stars. They took up all the guest star categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like at least three 
guest star last of us uh in male and female i was like wow and the only major network shows that got my nominations were abbott elementary and saturday night live (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair they the networks haven't really i feel like the networks aren't even trying anymore no well the networks know they're dinosaurs that's part of the reason why everything's so screwy right now because you know all the hot shows aren't on networks yeah but you'd think they'd be trying to get the audience back and it doesn't look like they're even they're not even trying they're not i i would surmise that the networks as we know them will be gone before the end of the decade probably yeah all right not bet against that let's get started with the shows first up we're gonna talk the bear and i finally caught up I, I finally caught up. Uh, I was last time we did this podcast. I was I was only on episode two of season one, so I have done a lot of cramming, and I've now caught up. So we can talk about episodes three and four. Episode three was uh, an inordinate amount of food all over town that I don't believe a single person could eat in one day. Like I was just like watching her go to. Where, where's the bucket she's gonna puke in? I know, really? right? She was go- she, I was like, that's impossible. A person her size cannot eat that much food. However, it did make me hungry for noodles, and I ended up with <laughs> um, It made me hungry for everything. I mean, everything. all that food was amazing. But right. yes, it's like, I was wondering, it's like, how, oh. how is she eating that? But it does hiring. make me wonder, Car- because Carmi is, he's treating her like a partner in the kitchen, but he's not treating her like a partner in the restaurant. And he's giving mixed signals. And I feel like she just needs to have a conversation. Just be like, look, we need to figure this out. Are we talking about Sydney? Yeah. yeah she need because people were like, what's your profit share? And she's like, oh, it's not like that. She's like, oh, really? She needs to sit down, figure out, because she's not going to take salary for six months. There has to be some compensation, some profit share compensation for that. Which and, her dad was saying too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, all the conversations were saying all these things. And right now, all she's doing is getting angrier and angrier and not talking. And he is definitely giving her mixed signals and then blowing her off when he feels like it. And he's not treating her like an equal. He's treating her like a boss. Sometimes. Like, it's back and forth. And, um, yeah, that's going to, that's gonna obviously, I know you guys have gotten further. I stopped. I did the homework assignment exactly, so I've only watched... <laughs> I've only watched up to episode four. Um, and then the next episode was, oh God, what's that dude's name? What's the chef? The pastry, pastry chef. guy? Pastry chef. chef. Marcus. Marcus. Marcus, yeah. I, I I know last podcast, you guys were saying that Carmi and um, we just said her name, Sydney, Sydney. had chemistry, but yeah. I think Marcus has a crush. Marcus definitely has a crush on Sydney. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I don't, definitely. I don't think it's both ways. Like, strangely, it's, she no. doesn't see it's it. Not, it's she not has no it. idea. Yeah, she has no idea he's got a crush. She's well. Like, oh, I don't think so. I don't think at this, so. At that stage, I don't I, think I, so. At where all. you are, no, but. <laughs> no. That's what I mean, I'm saying. I did the assignment. You can't talk forward ahead. But, yeah. Um, yes, I, I'm only we're only talking up to episode four, guys. Yeah, yep. at episode four, no, she does. She, she does not know. know. Let's. Um, I thought that. Oh, what, Will Poulter, evidently, who lobbied to, for the guest role to play the superstar chef in the Marcus episode. 
I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Oh, he nailed I it. I did too. Yeah. I, I absolutely believed him in that so, part. Yes. It's like, you know, I mean, if it's, it, in fact, I couldn't remember who he was offhand and I'm thinking is he, okay. He, he acts too well to actually be a guest chef, but man, he's good. You know, he's like, he's, he's, he's yeah. If, you, if, um, if anybody suffered through the third Narnia movie and I didn't finish it because it was that. He's nuts. in guardians of the galaxy three. He's yeah, also he is, but well, he's grown up in that. I ran into him at a Comic-Con party, you know, once he had his big growth spurt and I almost didn't recognize him because he's like 6'2 now. Hmm. And he's he's the little obnoxious kid in Narnia 3. Oh. Oh, right. He's used to scrub. The co- I couldn't remember where I saw that face. I mean, I remember him from Guardians of the Galaxy, but but I knew that I he'd been in something else before then. Um, I will say this. I, I'm going to bounce off of what... Uh, Allison said uh, to talk about how, uh, you know, you thought that he seemed like he was, um, you know, his acting, I think, is very much um, indicative of all the acting on the show. It's very natural. I mean, the show is shot that way. So the the acting um, and the show is is very organic and very natural. It seems very real to me. Um, I was saying this to Livia off podcast that... um, this show, to me, if I were to describe it very, very quickly, um, it would sound like to me that the show would be depressing. You know what I mean? Like small people living small lives with, you know, these kind of huge struggles and, you know, um, a lot of um, uh, a lot of things to kind of overcome, you know, uh, and it's and it's based around the suicide of a brother and then this and then all these kinds of hardships. But the show is really surprisingly not remotely depressing, um, uh, and but not at all saccharine. And it doesn't try. It's not a Ted Lasso show at all. It's in fact sort of the antithesis of it. Um, uh, but I like it. Uh, but it achieves that for me because it's very natural. It's a, there's a word I'm looking for besides organic and natural. I can't think of it right now. But um, it's a weird show because I I was I was catching up myself. And there was a part of me that kind of felt like, um, I mean, a, a part of it's sort of not a documentary. I don't know. It, it, I, it reminds me very much of like an indie film. It has like the indie film beats. It's scored yeah. like an indie film. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's shot like an indie film. Um, it's paced like an indie film. And there's a place for that, you know, uh, besides being an indie film. <laughs> this is, um, so for me, I think that, is the show like amazing? No. But um, it is definitely very worth watching, I think, um, uh, especially if you are a food lover, if you have any, any, any interest in the restaurant kind of wheelings and dealings and the whatever. But, you know, it, we talk about this all the time. You know, it's a, a movie about people and, and, you know, and their str- struggles and, the, you know, this kind of a thing and the themes. I mean, isn't that every show? Um, so I, I'm not going to say that, but what I will say is, um, I think the acting is very strong. Uh, it's very natural. Um, I think I like, I kind of like the freneticness of the first season a little bit more, but that doesn't mean I don't like the second season. It, it's, it's like a calmer watch and it's sort of like unfolding, sort of like, like origami kind of being, or actually being folded, origami being kind of like assembled, you know what I mean? Like to kind of... I'm watching this restaurant being created. And so it's very interesting and intricate uh, and I'm enjoying myself this season. 
Yeah, there's uh, definitely Allison. a difference in pace. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think first season was sort of like a controlled nervous breakdown. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the second season, we're really getting more into the individual characters so that every, every episode that we get sort of highlights one person or one event. And, and with this one, where, where we get to see more of Marcus, and I, I love that, you know, he's been sent to stage with um, this restaurant that's in, in Amsterdam. So, but I love that he was going through the kind of the things that, that Carmi was talking about, um, you know, this being living on a boat and, and feeding an invisible cat. And he's deliberately put him through this because it was such a growth experience for him. And, and we, we figure out, you know, that this, this chef, this chef Luca is, is the chef that, um, you know, Carmi was, was with in the other restaurant. And when Luca is talking about this other chef who he realized was better than he would ever be, he, we realize he's talking about Carmi. Carmi. Um, yeah, that was so awesome. that, that was, you know, just all these little things that we're picking up. I think, you know, one of the, the things that I love about the show is that it, it gets into the small stuff. It's very human scale. We're used to watching all these shows from like Star Wars and Marvel, where, you know, it's the fate of the universe that's at stake and all these big, you know, out, outsized characters. And where, where the bear is concerned, all these characters are very human scale. And the issues that they're going with, uh, that, that, that they're dealing with, are very small and very human. And in this case, very particular to the restaurant industry. Yeah. Just watching Marcus learn how to make pastry better to learn how to to cook you know it's at that that higher scale um was was fascinating for me to watch and such a growth experience for the character and and i was i was absolutely as invested in watching him learning how to put together a perfect pastry as i've ever been watching like you know a superhero figure out how to save the you know the planet yeah. Um, so I, it's those kinds of things that I think that I, I love so much about this show that I think that it just it just gets. Okay. Uh, Tom, really quick, because we got to move on. We've been on this one too long. Yeah. My my two takeaways from from perusing IMDb, love this show. Uh, Maddie Matheson, who plays Fack, is really a superstar chef, and Abby Elliott, who plays the sister, is Chris Elliott's daughter. Yes. Therefore, huh. Bob Elliott's granddaughter. I have no idea who you're talking Bob about. Bob Elliott, Elliott, famous uh, Bob and Ray, famous uh, a comedy team, and Chris Elliott. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff, trust me. You would but know no, him I, if you saw him. I love the show, and five and six, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh! <laughs> all right. All right, well, let's, all right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, My Adventures of Superman which uh, premiered last week. And it's like, I mean, it's nowhere near the seriousness of, of uh, Lois, Superman and Lois at oh, all. It's for kids. It, it's for kids. And that's what I was about to say. This is an animated series that is definitely geared towards children. But it's like, it's a happy little thing, which I, I don't mind. I don't mind how happy and cheerful it is. And, and that... Uh, whenever Lois says something to Clark, both of them blush like little teenagers. I find that adorable. It's anime um, influenced. I could tell based on based on how they do the eyes and stuff like that. It's very anime. Um, Superman, oh, yeah. man. 
<laughs> so it's a little it's definitely a kiddie version of superman and he doesn't have his powers yet or that he no. just got them and he doesn't really know what he's doing yet really is the key is he's learning as we're watching him learn so tom you're the superman expert what you think no i think it's charming um i wrote a con- conference paper years ago saying that every few every few years superman is reinvented for a new audience and they're very they're going for a younger anime influenced audience. I really uh, Jack Quaid I think is terrific as uh, as Clark and Superman. Another choice I I really admire that they made is that Lois has fallen for Clark, but she's intrigued by Superman. So it's not usually they almost always play Lois falls for Superman and then oh Clark's okay too. No, I mean because Clark is still a hunky farm boy. Uh, they've kept the black Jimmy Olsen from Super, well, like in Supergirl. They've kept the black Perry White, as in the DC recent movies. And what's also cool that most people might not have picked up on: the actor who voices Lois is Asian. She's the sister-in-law from Emily's uh, 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 extraordinary playlist. Is it Emily's? Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, sorry. Oh, okay, because I was like, what are you talking about? So, I thought you meant Emily in Paris. Oh, Emily, right. oh God, no, I stopped watching that. But no, but the but the sister-in-law from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and if complexion-wise, you can tell that she's, you know, at the very least biracial by comparing the character's skin tones. So, but it's very subtle. Um, no Lex Luthor yet, yay. It's it's charming. It's, it's not for... Uh, it's not the target audience is younger audience is younger viewers and for what they set out to do it's charming yeah i would agree i'm enjoying it i mean yeah it's like i said it's not super serious it's really i can tell the audience but it's still superman so i'm still having a good time so let's wrap that one up thumbs up oh yeah it's been three episodes so far um next up we're going to talk hijack episodes three and four and the real or Idris on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and the those two episodes are really just about are the bullets in the gun blanks or not, and then the repercussions of that question. Here's the and, thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing that I'm like, okay, so even if the girls at the beginning of episode one found blanks, which they were. Dude, you just remove the blanks and put in live rounds. I mean, that's a suit, but they didn't know whether they had live rounds. That oh, was kind of the question. Yeah, but the, the, just the because guy, you found one doesn't mean that that's how they all are. Yeah, and that's, that fact, was that was the fact, conundrum. That, mean, that, that was the conundrum of the whole first that first episode is: is it real? Or is it not? What do we do? Do we do something? Yeah, but they you know, act on that that information, that. and the thing is, if you found a bull, a, a blank, that could have fallen out when it was being exchanged for real bullets. I mean that that would that would be my thought is that it, why would just a bullet be lying on the floor? It had to have been during loading or reloading, and you know, that's well. Their whole point was the reason you would put blanks in because you could depressurize a plane if you use real bullets. So for a safety measure, like I understood the logic of it. Sure, so, but that does that you, you're counting on your hijackers being logical, and that's a big ask. Yeah, I just th- this show frustrates me because if it wasn't for Idris, and I do like Christine Adams as his estranged wife, 
But man, I also like uh, my girl from Torchwood being the head. Oh yeah, yeah, Eve Miles, love her. Yeah, I love like her. how smart she is, and she's the one that figured everything out. But so many of the characters are what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> well, mainly the hijackers are really dumb. I but just... I think that they're explaining now why the hijackers are dumb. Like that they just got into it. Uh, yeah, when they but... found out who they are. For me, this is something that should have been a movie instead of a seven-episode miniseries. Because, man, the tension's not there all the time. And we're getting way too many... We're we're getting way into characters, backstories, and relationships that I don't give a rip about. It's not not a taut thriller. It's a flabby thriller. Yeah. Also, I mean, it just... There's not enough there to sustain seven hours because you, you, if this had been two hours long, they might've been able to say, okay, well, this is all the action. And, and this is, this was as long as the hijackers were able to maintain control before Idris saves the day or whatever it is they're going to do. Um, but they, over seven hours, it gives you time to realize just how stupid the situation is and how illogically everyone is behaving in regard to it. And, and it's just every <laughs> hole is, is you know, staring at us like a gaping wound. Um, so, I, I mean, just, and, and the way it's shot is so frustratingly dumb. I, the way it's edited, it, it, at the beginning of this episode, I mean, we left off hearing the gun go off, but we didn't see who was shot. And at the beginning of this episode, we figured we still we don't find see. out who was no, shot. It takes it takes like I think it's like ten minutes into it before you finally see them. You know, bring this. You know, stuff this woman into a, a closet, and they finally, finally show us. I mean, I don't think it was immediately after that either. I think it was five minutes after that. Yeah. That we finally show us the chair, the chair she was sitting in that is now missing and everyone mm-hmm. is staring at meaningfully and we oh, realize oh, who she is. And it's yeah, that, like, was, that was a weird choice to do it that way. That was strange. I, I mean, really, what was the point in holding off on this? There, there, it, it, there's so much that does not work. Well, because we know that Idris is not the one that got shot. Well, like, of course not, but the, still we need to know. Show. Yeah, yeah, so we but, know but, it's not him. But there's a bunch of other people it, it could have oh, been. Oh, and, and, and I love the bit. it is. The bit where we find out that guy got stabbed, the scissors that they used to stab him were like this long, <laughs> and this dude is bleeding out and dying. If you stab the the right or wrong place, yeah, that I this, mean, they were tiny, tiny scissors, and they only that, had that, one on the very tip. Does, doesn't tweezers. matter how big or small the scissors are. If you stab an artery versus a vein, there's a reason why they take you draw blood from a vein, not an artery. So yeah, th- okay. that's... yeah. You have to assume that he got lucky with where he. Yeah, stabbed. he got lucky, but yeah, I, I just or that I, dude got unlucky. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on who you're talking about, I, I just, uh some of these people working on TV shows, I want to make a list and say, I'm never going to watch your crap again because you're terrible. And we're coming okay. up with one of those shows. Uh, I was going to say, let's wrap this one up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Secret Invasion. I'm not going to let you talk yet, Tom. Let, let, let Tom, 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 no. <laughs> let me go first so I can just hold my peace. I have never right. hated a show so much. Poorly written, waste of decent talent. Sam Jackson is partly to blame because he has executive producer title. Almost everything about this show is incompetent. Just the writing, the pacing... The plot line, it's bad. I don't like to hate watch stuff, 
But man, I worked out yesterday to this show because it made me mad, which made me lift harder. I just, I, it's awful, awful. And it's the worst sin of all. It's dull, like sleep inducing dull. Shame on them. Shame on them, Mr. Bob Iger. I, I, I will say that the, uh, the issues that we had way back where we were like, what the heck is going on with Rhodey? Why is he acting so weird? And the answer to that is he's being played by a scroll or he's been replaced by a scroll. So that makes way more sense. I did like the conversation over whiskey this time because he's like, what, did you poison it? And he's like, no, I put nanobots in it. And he actually did put nanobots in it. So I actually thought that was funny. Um, I, I was fairly sure from the cliffhanger from last week where it looks like they killed uh, Emilia Clark. I was going to say the mother of dragons. Khaleesi. <laughs> they killed Khaleesi again. I, I was like, I was pretty sure that they didn't kill her. I was like, I don't think you would kill her this early in the show. No. And then it's like, no, she now has superpowers and she can't be killed. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, and then, so those bits make sense, but then they killed the dad guy. What is his name? Talos. 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 They killed him, which was weirdly had no impact. Like we've been with this guy for three, four episodes. We had a whole movie with him. And a movie. And his death felt like Empty. Yeah. That was very, I was like, how did you guys bumble that? That felt really bizarre. Um, and then the wife. The, the he was when they shot they both shot opposite and missed on purpose he was like i don't know if that means we should renew our vows or get a divorce i'm like uh divorce <laughs> i feel like i feel like divorce is uh is higher on the list on that situation um but the fact that he married a woman that he was pretty sure he couldn't trust doesn't even make any sense so but anyway, uh, Allison, your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I don't hate this with the, the fiery passion of a thousand sons that Tom does. That Tom does? But, but I, am not, <laughs> I am not enjoying this show. I'm, I'm slogging through this thing because we're covering it on the, on the podcast. I don't think I'd be watching it, it otherwise. It's extremely boring. It's ineptly done. It's, it's poorly written. I mean, I, I don't know how they could fumble this so completely because the concept is interesting. I mean, the concept of, of, you know, there's, there's creatures that can be anyone is, is your standard pod person kind of uh, idea, which, which usually works wonderfully in, in horror movies. So this should be scary. This should be something that is, is driving up attention like crazy. And the fact that you can't trust anybody, you know, that paranoia should be just pumping through every scene and it's not. It feels it feels slow. It feels lazy. It feels like it's it's just kind of meandering around and taking its time. The like you said with with Amelia Clark, I wasn't worried because you don't hire Amelia Clark to be in it for five minutes and kill her off. So I knew she'd she'd come back again. Um, I, I, thought, will, I will get. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I was. I I doubted her death. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought if they wanted to do it, just saying she was wearing a Kevlar vest would be a whole lot easier than making her into a super person, but whatever. Um, no, but the whole point was to show that there were super... Well, like, that there was there, a point Super scrolls. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they're doing that with Rhodey. Remember, you know, he got a knife to the hand and he just treated it like it wasn't even a hangnail. Um, so, it, you know, we, we're, we're seeing we're seeing all that happen. And, and they they explicitly said, I think, in the very first episode that their goal was to, to try to, you know, get some of the superheroes, some of the the uh, Avengers and and be able to copy their dna so that they could have superpowers themselves so you know i mean we know that's 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 part of their thing but like you said killing off talos seemed to have no repercussions whatsoever he, they treated him like he's like a minor character and and boop there he goes and and that's the end of it and but then you know they did the same thing with um uh oh the character colby smolders plays um Maria yeah Hill. yeah uh i mean she, you know they they that was it was like in the very first episode and she's gone and that's she's been in like all these avengers movies and tv shows and suddenly they just shoot her and that's the end of it and and it just seems like a waste of a character they they're they're treating characters that shouldn't be disposable as completely disposable and i just find that to be annoying and lazy and uh, like it's it's a shock for the sake of a shock, but they're not even delivering it in a way that's particularly shocking. Um, so yeah, I'm just very disappointed in this in this series, and I'm watching it like I said because we're covering it. But otherwise, I I'd be done now. All right, well let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk the last two episodes of The Diplomat that I don't clearly remember the second to last episode but i definitely remember the finale because finale was crazy not necessarily crazy good but it was definitely crazy um everything goes nuts in the last episode last couple episodes of uh, the diplomat where you find out that the british prime minister has was basically the mastermind the whole time of of uh, bombing that UK ship. He did it to like raise his rating so he could get in a war and be this hero. And then everything else he's been doing, all the machinations we've been seeing him doing for the last, the whole season has been about keeping on that track and covering it up. And then we start bombing people. I was like, wait, what? Like, oh man, it was good and bad. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I would say the finale was definitely a nail-biting cliffhanger where when they blow up the husband. Well. Maybe. Nah, I'm... <laughs> he's, he's at least singed. How about gonna, that? He's going to be in the hospital. <laughs> As I said, he's singed. He's at least singed. Because three pe- a bunch of people ended up in that explosion that I don't want... Two of them I don't want dead. So... Well, I think he was far enough away that you know he's he's not going to end up dead. The two no. who were right near the 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 uh, the car car, yeah. um, they're gone, you know, obviously, um, which is a shame because I I really liked one of those two characters and and you know he he's gone now, but uh, the the problem is 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 that you know of course we're now stuck with this cliffhanger and thankfully. The show has been renewed for a second season. If it wasn't, I would be very, very upset. Um, but yeah, I think I think if they went into this knowing that they were going to get a second season, that that cliffhanger was pretty awesome because it does leave you just, ah, what are yeah. you doing? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Um, 
So it, I thought the season ended well. It's very satisfactory to me. I have no, yeah. I have no complaints, no notes. I think Tom, the whole show. Oh, 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 Yusin, go ahead. Go ahead, Yusin. Uh, I think the whole show did a great job. I think I said it. It's been a while since I've been on the show, and it's been a while since I've or since I've talked about the show. So I'm trying to get back into the the feeling of it. But um, I just remember saying that it was a train that you know. It picked up speed, never, never slowed down, never wavered, just kept going straight towards its end goal. Um, which, so it was really fun, uh, but, but never frenetic, never like crazy. Um, in fact, like I said, in some ways, it, when, when it reminded me of the West Wing, I thought it could actually be a little bit more chaotic um, and a little bit paced up a little bit. Um, but it took its time. It was very British about the way that it, it went about itself. Um, which I kind of liked, um, revealing different um, characters and layers of, of the characters, uh, different plot points, um, and yet at the same time being really juicy and compelling uh, and definitely very highly bingeable. Uh, and I will agree with you, Libya. I thought that um, as far as, you know, how much, how, you know, much we hate and love cliffhangers at the same time, all of us, um, uh, it was they did a really nice job because for me, when you ask me if a show is good or or and or because they don't it's, it's not always the same. It's not always the show is good uh, and I loved it or I really enjoyed watching it. Sometimes the show is not that good and you're still like doesn't matter. I really you know loved and watching it. This show was very good. I'm not saying it wasn't. Um, so what I'm saying though is a, the, a a great way. I mean the easiest way for me to you know kind of know is uh, like Allison alluded to, or she mentioned about how, thank God it has a second season. When that cliffhanger, uh, when that last episode aired, I was very much super invested in, you know, and I didn't know at the time whether or not there was a second season when I was watching it, just me. I mean, it may have been already announced, but I didn't know, um, uh, what, you know, how excited I was when I was told, oh, there's gonna be a second season. I was like, oh, thank God, because I just, I'm not going to be happy not knowing, you know, what happens next. So I thought they did a great job. And Carrie Russell, I want to, I'll say this, I'll end with this. She's never been my favorite actress, even though, oh my gosh, she turned me around completely with the Americans. So yeah, it, loved her you know, in the Americans. Yeah, loved her in the Americans. So I know it sounds weird that I'm saying that. I'm like, oh, I don't like her, but no, she was amazing in the Americans. She'd already kind of turned me around to her, but, but. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a one-off. It's like, oh, she was really great in this role or, oh, I, I didn't like her in anything else she's been in, but she was in this one thing that I like. Um, I thought she was great in this. At first, I thought she was um, an inf like not necessarily well cast, and I thought, well, I don't know about this. Um, but immediately, almost immediately, within one episode, I was like, oh, no, I see what, what you know, why they cast her, what they're doing with this. Um, and so I thought she was great. And, and I loved her chemistry with her husband. As much as I loved the triangle with the, and I'm loving it, uh, you know, and I want more of it for sure. Uh, I want more of him. I want more of the British uh, uh, Secretary of State, whatever his version foreign is. Foreign Minister? What is it? I believe it's Foreign Minister. Foreign Minister, thank you. Um, so, yes. So I want more of him for sure, and I want more of him and her for sure, but I also love the relationship and the chemistry in, in terms of the, the actors. Uh, of the husbands and you know uh, and wife as well so I think it was it's really well cast 
uh, and great energy, get great um, chemistry. So yeah, so I I thought the show was great. It was a really good, fun watch. Is it was is it like the best show ever? No, but really fun. Well, it's it's pulpy fun, but it's smart. Yes. Uh, for, I just looked up uh, Foreign Secretary is David Giassi's character's title. Um, no, I I love the show. I mean, I would have binged it much faster if uh, if I hadn't had to wait. Um, I keep thinking, boy, was this is was this like a fraction of what was going behind this, or what ha- has happened behind the scenes in the Clintons' marriage? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. The thing is, he gets blamed for stuff, which sometimes is his fault, but sometimes isn't his fault. But the thing is, he's playing chess, and as she is too, but because they're not playing directly against each other, it's like nobody's reading each other's moves. But man, the whole thing with um, him angling to replace the Secretary of State, and I totally... He denied it, but I, I totally don't believe him. I believe Kate. <laughs> I believe yeah. that, that he, he wants manip- power. He, yeah, he wants he power. Manipulated yeah. her to embarrass the Secretary of State, and the Secretary of State basically, you know, did something that ticked off the president. The president, I, I just the machinations, it, fascinating. It's well cast. Uh, I was bummed that um, that her chief of staff and his, you know, his secret. You know, MI six girlfriend. Apparently, it looks like they've broken up. But um, yeah, because I like them together. I feel like that's temporary, but she has a point for why she's so mad. You know, like she's not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's wrap this one up. We're saying thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk The Witcher episode one and two of season three. And I'm going to say, I really did like the first episode because it was everybody together. They were on the run. They're working together. They're training Siri. And it's all it's all going pretty good. You know, some, they get found out. They got to move to the next town. They got to do a new thing. And it's all, I'm still enjoying them as like a little nuclear family. I, even though he's like mad at her and they're not speaking. And then she's writing him these little letters. I thought all of that was really pretty cool. What I didn't like was episode two where they're like, and now we must split up for some undefinable reason that makes no sense. Like, it's like I have to, yes, because the script says that I need to go here and you guys need to go there. So we're going to split up. And, and then, oh, Jennifer is like, okay, we're going to go back to my old school where we're going to negotiate. And now you have to act like a peasant and uh and feed people wine and just like all of the stuff it was just weird like once they split up the dynamics were just th- really thrown off and uh yasker hanging Yasky. out with Yasky, whatever his name is you know who i was talking about uh his chemistry with the witcher feels off this season too and I'm not sure why. Like, I almost don't buy them as friends anymore. Um, so I was not as much of a fan of the second episode. The second episode was really much harder to get through than the first. That's just my opinion. Uh, Allison, you haven't spoken in a while. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I feel kind of the same way with, with this. You know, I, I 
I loved the the little nuclear family that they had formed. You know, it's a weird family, but it works. And the more they're together, the the more familial they become, the more like, you know, a mom, dad and, and daughter they, they seem like. So I was kind of sad that they, they had to break that up. But um, the, the whole thing with Yaskir, uh, it, it's like they don't seem to know what to do with his character any more than they know what to do with his hair. Oh. <laughs> it seriously. seriously gets worse with every season. Last, well, at least last, it's not a wig this season. I know. Last year, last year we had this horrible, pointless wig. And this year, it, we, it's like the first year he, his hair looked great. And now yeah. it's like parted down the middle and slicked down it's, and it like, looks like he's a he's like a fashion like bad fashion yeah um, I, so, I, yeah i don't know it's like i i don't I, i've i the only thing i can think of is that you know he's got a makeup artist who absolutely hates him and <laughs> <laughs> just is taking it out on on him in every every episode because but, his hair doesn't even match his his like gr- his weird facial hair growth no like it's, it's, it looks it, it looks yeah it's, I mean, I his, his hair as it is was fine in, in the first season. I don't know why they keep messing with it. And, and also, remember, in the first season, he was like a little nobody. So if his hair looked terrible then, that would have been understandable. Now he's supposed to be like this big star and, and you know, like a, their, their version of a rock star. So, yeah, he should look great. I, I, think, I think that's his version of a rock star hair. But yeah, that's that's terrible. pretty sad. <laughs> I mean, so, I, somebody I needs to do it. some homework. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rockstar like a rat nested in top of it. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, one of the things that I just feel with this particular season is that, you know, we're working towards the end as far as Henry Cavill is concerned. And they're, they're working toward uh, something, you know, to, to, change him his character. another actor yeah right um so i you know and and it's even more confusing because if he was being replaced with another character i would understand that you know because there there are other witchers obviously but the, if he's they're going to have the same character you know it's, it's still going to be Geralt, but it's going to be played by another person and Geralt they have to, 2.0 yeah and they have to explain this to us maybe you Thor. Know? yeah maybe <laughs> um so it you know i mean yeah i i I don't know there's there's some things about the show that i still i still really enjoy and there's other things that just don't seem to quite be working and and i i'm really having a hard time pinning down exactly what the problem is I, i think the momentum too because they split everybody up the momentum of the show has slowed down so it's it's harder to make yourself hit play on the next episode yeah. I, I mean, in, in, in the first season, everyone was split up and we learned by the end that there was a reason for that because we were actually watching a show taking place in different time timeline. periods. And they, that, they've never achieved the brilliance of that, you know, since they've never even tried. It's, it's, we're pretty much just in linear time now. Um, so everybody got together by the end of that. But now we're just, we've just got a linear storyline. There's no reason to really break people up. You know, just, I would rather see them interact. And instead, you know, we're still splitting the characters into different places. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tom, it. your thoughts before we move on? Nothing to improve upon. Episode two was a hot mess. Episode one, I really like the training when Yennefer's putting Siri through the paces and it's not going well. 
Yeah. It's like all of that was fun. That's what I like. Yeah. I like the first episode. I was having a good time with the characters. It was a lot of fun. Somebody used to tell you know memo to all showrunners: don't split up your main cast. When we one of the reasons we like your show is the cast works well together. Right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, the after party. This is season two. The Anik the sequel as the first episode called itself. Um, And I will give them points for, of the two episodes, they had very different tones. The first one was a rom-com, and the second one was a period piece. Like, I know, but they did it on purpose. Like, that was literally... It was It was was 100% an homage. It was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought that was Well, that's what this show does. You know, every, every episode is a different genre. Right. I did not know that. I didn't watch yeah. the season, by the way, guys. So I snuck in to watch second season. Well, let, let's let you start. Go ahead. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, I loved... Uh, okay, so uh, I'll go backwards. No, I'll go, fo- I'll go forwards. Um, <laughs> so, because I was going to say, I was like, oh, well, I'll start with episode two, but that makes no sense. Um, I didn't watch episode, I didn't watch season one. I did actually watch the first episode or two of season one. So I kind of got the gist of the show a little bit and the characters um, uh, and wasn't super impressed. And for whatever reason, not because I hated the show, I guess just because I didn't love it, like it well enough, did I stick with it? So um, I didn't know what I was going to get for season two uh, because I didn't see all of season one. Um, And season two... See, uh, sorry, episode one was a rom-com and it was kind of silly and weird, but again, I didn't know what I was in for, so I didn't dislike it. I wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. I was more like, what is this, you know? Um, and so that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, so, uh, and it hit all the right notes. I mean, you know, it was very much like a, it, was, it wasn't particularly witty, like it wasn't particularly super smart, but I got what they were doing. You know, I got the joke, you know, I got the sequel joke, Um, you know, I mean, and if you forgot, they would tell you because it's a sequel, you know, so, um, you know, I thought it was fine to kind of build up into the show. But then the second episode for me, where it was literally a fantastic homage to everything uh, Jane Austen, I mean, a little bit of sense and sensibility, a little bit of pride and prejudice, a little bit of persuasion, like it just did. I, I mean. And even they tried a little bit with the costumes. I mean, not really, but they kind of did. Like, I mean, I've seen it. It was better than some CW shows I've seen. So, you know, the costumes I thought were adorable. Um, and then at first, again, because I don't know what what Allison just said about, oh, well, that's kind of what they do with every episode. I did not understand what was happening. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like did I fall? sleep wake up and take drugs and then like you know start watching the show again because i don't understand what's happening um and the way they did it though that was so subtle because i was like oh wait it's it's entirely a period piece and then i was like nope wait a minute they're talking about fast company and eligible bachelor you know and they kept throwing in these anachronistic things and then you know and people were on telephones yes people were on telephone it was wacky it was wacky wacky (laughs) wacky and i was there for every second of it because if it had just been a straight up homage, that would have been one thing, you know, uh, if it had been them dressing up, I thought they were playing dress up. So I thought, oh, these are just a bunch of rich 
you know, uh, eccentric folks that have gone to Silicon Valley and they're doing like Renaissance fair, only they're doing Austin fair. You know what I mean? And I thought, oh, okay, I got it. And I was like, nope, that is also not what's happening. <laughs> now, the thing is, the, the, the idea is that um, the, the uh, what's her name? Who's the, the uh, former detective? Yeah. Um, the Tiffany Hottish place. She's, yeah. um, she calls everyone's, uh, when, when she interviews them, she calls them their mind movies. Right. And so each one ends up taking on like a different genre right. and, and looking like a different thing. Yes. So the, 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 the bride to be Grace, right. she, or the, the former bride, uh, Grace, she sees the world in these in Jane Austen like yes. romantic, yes. You know, but yes. she's not completely divorced from reality. So they are right. still walking around with their phones yes. and they're saying things to each other. Like, yes. have you not Googled me? Yes! You know, and, <laughs> I mean, that, and things like, and it just, just like that. So it's, it's this mix that just makes it hilarious. I, I loved that, that episode. I, yeah. I didn't love the first episode so much, but I did understand, cause, especially because I thought Anique was a little off. Um, but I think I, I accepted it as, okay, they're doing a rom-com sequel. So that's why he's like really, you know, exaggerated and, and way exactly i do have to say the best joke they did was he was supposed to pick up the the korean aunties and the chinese uncles and he picks up the wrong one as a korean woman with aunt with korean aunties no no chinese uncle sorry but um i or wait i don't know which i which i've got korean one of those or both of those actually i have to say that joke if Libby, I will say you, 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 you spoiled the joke for me, but even with having told me that, I have to say that was hilarious. And really, here, I wanted to say this. I'm so glad someone brought it up. Um, I really wanted to say that I loved, it's sort of like a deep cut, you know what I mean? But it's kind of not. Like, we're, we're, we're now so um, inclusive in this society, really, and, and or trying to be, right, that it's no longer like this really deep cut joke. I think it's broad enough now, um, and I love that it's being featured, uh, you know, in a regular television show, and it's not a show about, like, Asian folks, you know, or an Asian movie or an Asian TV show. It's just a joke, you know what I mean? And it's and I think it plays. I think it, it, you don't have to be me to laugh at the joke, and I thought that was great. I thought the joke itself was great, but I mean, I think the fact that that joke was in there uh, and it worked so well, I love that. All right, Tom is falling asleep. So, um, no, this... <laughs> give his, his view. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not digging the season two. It just feels like it's season one again with a new bunch of crazies. I really didn't like how Anique was treated in the first episode. It's no character growth after a year. He's still the same big doofus. But, butt of every joke. Yeah. The butt of every joke. Some of the, some of the things the sister-in-law said to him were, I thought, you know, pretty racist. You know, the I joke. think they were supposed to be. Yeah, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't excuse it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, mean, but I think that's a reflection on her as a character. Yes, that was the point, is that she's not a good person. Yeah. Yeah, so but I still... I uh, I, I'm not... I'm, it just, it's the same... It's the same gags from last year with just different characters. And for me, they, need, they needed to up the ante somewhat, but... Uh, I mean, they've and they've got great actors. I don't think the scripts are strong. And the, and the fact that um, Christopher Miller created the show, you know, Christopher Miller of you know Lord Miller, who's 
you know, got fired from Solo and does all the great movies and whatnot. I did. He wrote the the openers for last year for season one, and he didn't for season two. I just didn't think they were strong scripts. I'll keep watching for a while. By the way, what happened to the little girl? Do we just magically not mention her at all? Okay, the daughter. The daughter. Awesome was she was awesome in season one. That's true. I'm assuming she just for some reason didn't bring her to the sister's wedding. Which but you, they haven't name checked her, and we've watched an hour and a half of it. It's like, hey, how so and so? do I mean. Her yeah, your daughter, your daughter who has mysteriously disappeared, right? Yeah, did they pull a Chuck Cunningham on her? Um, but yeah, I assume she's staying with her dad. Yeah, but you'd you'd think that they would say, "Hey, so and so." I mean, I don't know. It just I, feels... I think she's I think she's going to show up mainly because the guy who played the ex, the dad, mm-hmm. I saw him in the credits, so I think he's showing up. So I think probably the daughter is going to show up. But I'm just surprised that's just they, my guess. they didn't name check her. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll watch a few more episodes, but I'm like, eh, it's the same. For me, it's the worst thing about any sequel. You just do the same thing as the first one. Yes, that's true. I don't know what it's going to mean that Stephanie Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, sorry, is not a cop. Like she's doing all this investigation for nothing and they're moving bodies and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff i was like what are you guys doing so i don't even know where that's going all right but let's move on uh next up we're gonna talk what we do in the shadows and uh this is the first <laughs> episode's premiere and i understand that the I think that the cliffhanger from last season was he said he wanted to become a vampire and I maybe don't remember it or didn't hold that, but for some reason I think I didn't think it was going to happen. And so my thing is I love Guillermo as a vampire hunter. So now making him a weird not vampire, I'm like, I don't know how I feel. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, I like that it's a secret and, and we found out what that secret means now like i get that part she's like he's like well what if i just have my master make me uh bite me again and make me a vet you will blow up and explode <laughs> so that's not that's not a viable that's not option. An option but i'm just I, the only thing i'm just saying is i've decided that uh laszlo is made of awesome uh but and and guillermo was literally my number one favorite character for the last couple of seasons so I'm just, I don't want to lose that now that he's a vampire. Uh, is he a vampire? Yes. Uh, all he is, he is I know, that was so great. That was so, that was good. But uh, I'm just a little worried. That's all I'm going to say. I'll let you guys take it. Well, I want to say um, that uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I I do love how put upon and labored and and just so sad his life is as a familiar um, and not, you know, and and him not being a vampire. I think the dynamic is definitely going to change uh, in a way uh, that maybe we wouldn't be happy with. I'm not sure. I'm not as married to it as you are, though, I think, Livia, Um, especially because I think that they are definitely hedging. I mean, I mean, Obviously, he's not a full vampire. We don't know why. I love, actually, this take on it then. If he were to just have turned into a vampire, I don't know how I would have felt about it. But the fact that this, like, slow-rolling, 
maybe, maybe not. The only thing I can give you is bat ears, you know, thing. Uh, that to me is hilarious, adorable, very, very Guillermo or Gizmo, as Laszlo likes to call him. I love that he calls him Gizmo. Um, I, I, I love Laszlo so much. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love this show, whether it's a strong episode or a weaker episode or whatever episode. It's just so batty. Uh, but I'm bummed. I couldn't resist. You get no points. No points. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It's so just wonky, off the wall, crazy, kooky. It's extra violent, you know, when it doesn't need to be. It's, you know, it's silly. It's heartfelt. It's cruel. It's crazy. Uh, I'm just along for the ride at this point. I mean, it, you know, I'll let other people talk about if like specific things if something was particularly funny or if an episode is really, 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 you know, outstanding. I think the show gave me what I knew it was going to give me when it came back. I mean, it wasn't like I watched and I was like, wait, what are they doing? Or like, oh, this show has really gone bad. It's giving me what I expected. Uh, did I think it was like the most amazing, like, you know, premiere ever of a season? No. Um, but I, it, you know, I, I so love the characters at this point now. And, you know, we all know, you know, their characters so well, but I am invested in, uh, in Guillermo and I'm not, I'm not, not okay. Or no, I'm, I'm okay right now with him possibly being a vampire because I like the way they are, um, handling it. Uh, they didn't just turn him into one. So that to me is going to be fun for me to watch that to me, you know, is good enough for now. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, um, I think, you know, first of all, I think the, the way that they have him not be quite a vampire is so perfectly Guillermo. I mean, <laughs> it's like, because nothing he does ever really works out well. And, and to so, be fair, the goofball that he picked to make him a vampire. Was, yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're going to pick someone as a master, that would probably be the last choice on the planet. But um, so all, all of that, that, that entire scene when he's like spouting blood like a fire hydrant. And that's when the guy is saying, well, I don't really want you biting me because I faint at the sight of blood. It's like, maybe you should have brought that up before. Um, all of that was was great. But I, I you know, on the one hand, while I, I think all of that is hilarious, especially I love the scene where, where Guillermo just says bat and tries to jump up and nothing happens. And he goes, human form. <laughs> yeah, okay, it definitely, definitely worked. Um, so, uh, but I, I think on the one hand, it's funny. On the other hand, I think that this, the reason he hasn't turned into a complete full vampire is because remember, he's a vampire hunter. He comes right, from that Van Helsing, long yeah. line of Van Helsings. And I think that means something. I think what, what he's inadvertently done, what, what I think they're going to work toward ultimately, just the same way they did by saying he had all these superpowers as a vampire hunter, is he's turned himself into something that's really powerful. Uh, ultimately, when, into like a damn fear or something. Yeah, right? exactly. I think that ultimately he's going to be like this, this mega powerful, you know, being. Um, and they're still not going like to show him. <laughs> like blade exactly but they're still not going to show him any respect because he's Guillermo or gizmo um and i mean he's he's sleeping in a footlocker and and all of that. <laughs> that was... <laughs> it's just you know it's, it's just i it's all, all of it is just so ridiculous but yeah i think that that's the trajectory that they're probably gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bet that that's where they're gonna go 
um because it, it i think that that would be kind of fun to do and and preserve his his uniqueness tom the, I <laughs> I thought this two part well I guess it wasn't a, two parters but just in terms of you know the through line of uh, Gizmo did a thing and can't tell the others about it but of course obviously the secret's starting to get out <laughs> um, Doug Jones cameo was a lot of fun especially yeah, in his, that was good that was good his neighbor who he was feuding with and then made amazing. put it under his thrall. And uh, just the 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 one-liners and just I love this show. It's funny and Laszlo is just <laughs> such an awful person. Well, former person, undead person. The whole trick. Uh, oh, and Nandor's pension to basically wipe everybody's memories at the drop of a hat. <laughs> you will forget who tripped just now. <laughs> Yeah, you you can tell they're having fun. Uh, yeah, I, it it's it's it was a welcome relief that you know a, a comedy that actually did make me laugh. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. We have two episodes to discuss. One of them, uh, the away team goes to uh, Pike's original mistake. A planet where he had a mission that went horribly wrong and he had people die and he had to leave people behind and he he didn't know that he left anybody behind um and he goes back there and the first thing that happens is they start to have these headaches and weirdness and then everybody loses their memory including the people on the ship because they're in orbit and they lose their memory the only thing i call shenanigans on is that they were very explicit about which memories people would keep and which ones they would lose. And they were like, you'll keep the memories of, you know, how to put pressure on a wound, but not how to do surgery. Yet the pilot remembered how to fly a spaceship, (laughs) which I'm just like, I wait, what? We just had a whole conversation about this, you know? So that's the one thing I call shenanigans about. But the rest of it, I liked. I liked you discover who the people are without their memory, their core personalities. And Pike found out that he was a lot more violent than he thought. He was not necessarily a good guy underneath it all. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, And I thought that it was hilarious that the bad guy in this case was the all crew member that got left behind. He thought that Pike would just wander around the valley with no memory, like slobbering over himself. And I was like, uh, have you met this dude? Like, that doesn't seem right. Um, so it was cool that he like started a rebellion and, <laughs> and rose up against them and took him down. So, uh, Tom, your thoughts. I like the, the um, that ep- episode. Was that f- episode four? I thought it was okay. I mean, I'm kind of over the trope of people lose their memories, blah, 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 yada, yada, because you end up having to cheat about, certainly they can't remember, lose everything and who's in charge and all that. I, I'd i rather talk about the Spock episode, which had lots of hijinks in them. And uh, it's kind of funny that they've discovered that the comic gold that is making Spock the fish out of water even more of a fish out of water somehow. And so just before this tense uh, dinner with his soon-to-be in-laws, 
He is, uh, you know, there was a shuttle accident. He is fixed and they completely remove his Vulcan side. So he's completely human. <laughs> well, I thought was him wearing that ball cap with his, or not even a ball cap. Uh, no, it was a um, wa- watch cap. Yeah. Uh, so his mom couldn't ever. see his ears. I was like, really? Okay. That, that was a total <laughs> callback to City on the Edge of Forever. Oh, nice. Good point. Um, but I, I was like, like your mom's not gonna be able to tell the difference, dude. Come on. So I like that his mom figured it out in like five seconds. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was good to um, see Mia Kirshner again because we haven't seen her since Discovery season Discovery. two. Discovery. Yeah. And I also like that, um, the fiance at the end of the day was like, dude, why would you not tell me? We've been through this and that we've shared this and that. She's like, why couldn't you trust me with this? And that actually did more to mess up their relationship than anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that bit. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the uh, the Hinpeck Vulcan husband was kind of funny too. <laughs> he, he's like, this food's delicious. This food is terrible. <laughs> oh, yes, you must be right. It's a, it's a matter of fact. Uh, go ahead, Allison. What do you think? Um, well, okay, the, as far as the, the episode previously, I think the, um, the, la- the less we say, say about that, the better, because, that if, you know, there's, it's like not, not every episode can be a gem, and I think the one where they lose their memories is that episode. Um, but the, I had a lot of fun watching the, the Spock Becomes Human thing. I mean, it was dumb, but it was still, it was still fun and funny. It was meant to be funny. And right. I think they hit all the marks. I love, you know, when... <laughs> His mother, you know, makes him take the hat off and he just looks at her and goes, hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's like, we're going to teach you how to lie. And he was like, what? And he's like, going to teach him how to defy physics, too, because I, I'm sorry, I don't care how composed you are. Third degree burns are a real thing, you know, oh, and seriously. they show up on your hands, too. Yeah, I mean, that's going to notice they're going to at least smell the, the skin burning. Um, so yeah, I, that, that, that was a little silly, but, uh, overall it was, it was a fun episode. They, they went for the humor and, and I enjoyed that. Uh, the, the aliens that supposedly did it were kind of interesting. Um, it was like, I want to talk to yellow. I don't like talking to (laughs) Almost like being on tech support. (laughs) I I think we uh, have resolved your issue. To its conclusion, you have not brought your complaint in a timely manner. <laughs> I mean, really, I expected them to put them on hold when, when she went to get the other person. And I was expecting, like, this, this elevator music in the background. It's like this, the space version of Guy from Girl from Ipanema. <laughs> yeah, so, that was good. So, yeah. Now, I mean... The only, only thing I will say, I want to hear your comments on this. Okay, so the whole crew is apparently all about uh, Nurse Chapel and Spock getting together. They're all on their cheerleading side. And I was like, how are you guys cheering them getting together if he's engaged to somebody else? You guys suck as friends. <laughs> like, I was watching this whole thing. They're like, why don't you just admit how you feel? I'm like, the dude's engaged. He's literally at his engagement party right now. What are you doing? So I was like... If I'm slightly conflicted about the whole relationship and I'm a major shipper, I feel like as best friends, they should not be all gung-ho, go after your man who's also engaged to another woman. So that's totally cool. Like, no, man. Anyway, 
I wanted to know what you guys was I the only one who reacted that way? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that morally, ethically, it's it's kind of a, a dubious situation, especially because they've gone out of their way to actually make Dupring, you know, a, a decent, a, person. A decent yeah. person and a, a, a sympathetic character. You know, in the original series, of course, I mean, she was barely a, a person. She was more a prop than anything else. She had practically no personality. And she was just there to, to you know, give a little background to Spock and then reject him. And that was the end of it. But with this, she's actually a fully fledged person and, and someone that we can feel for. And so, yeah, I do think it's kind of, it's kind of cold to, to, for, I mean, I understand that the crew's loyalty is to other crew members. So they're going since they personally know uh, Christine, they're, they're going to be rooting for her, but that you don't you don't do that in a situation where the other guy is is actually engaged and he's a member of another species with completely other cultural you know norms and you know i mean you're you're getting into some really dicey territory when you're you're interfering with that i that was my issue i was like what are you guys doing like you are the worst best friends ever <laughs> Because I just felt like they were setting Christine up to get slapped in the face. Yeah. Well, we know that this, this, uh, the sexual tension between Spock and Chapel was going to continue for years to come. But it's interesting getting some background and to see that Spock does have. He can't reconcile his feelings for. He does have, you know, feelings for her. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but but I I still stand by the whole. Don't screw around while you're engaged with another woman. I feel like that's valid. Well, we know that T'Pring is not going to be completely guiltless, too, because she's got a side piece. Ah, that's true. She <laughs> totally has a side piece. She I has a side piece. Yeah, so. she's going to be taking that two time out to, time, you know. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> but three lefts do. <laughs> yeah, but her, her, her excuse, I remember in the original, was that, you know, you're never here. Why am right. I... Why which, am I waiting which, for you when you're never ever here? They're establishing which, which, which as part of this, you know, they're keeping yeah, it back. Right, they're leading up to that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I thought it was a fun change of pace episode. Yeah. I think because the the actors work so well with each other and I the actor who plays Spring is she's she's made her like Allison said a real person instead of just a prop. So uh yeah, I, I thought when she when she calls out Spock for not talking to her when everybody else in the freaking ship is covering, that was she had a point and she Absolutely. was good for her for putting it, the relationship on pause. Yeah, I agree, and he was wrong. So, all right, so thumbs up. I think we're saying at least for the second episode of uh, Trek, and uh, yeah, that's all we got to say about that. If you guys have any questions or comments, you leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and listen to us on Point Radio, uh, Six Degrees of Geek, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.